Hello, hello. Welcome to the second episode, or is this the first episode? Ah, fuck it. Here we go. On this episode of Just Outside the Artboard, I want to talk about Instagram, specifically about how I gained 65,000 followers on the platform. I'm going to talk about the infamous algorithm how to adapt, and ways to still grow an audience in 2019. Or if we think Instagram is even still worth it over the other social networks like Twitter and YouTube. All right, to start, I wanna get into my story a little bit. I am actually not a photographer full-time based on a lot of people asking me that on Instagram and just seeing my photos or finding me there first. Um, I'm actually a designer and art director full-time for an ad agency here in Indianapolis. Um, I've always wanted to be a designer. I've been working in creative for just over 10 years now. And the funny thing about photography, it really didn't start until about mid-2010 when I got the iPhone 4. Um, It was when most people got the idea that they could become a great photographer with the phone or the device you had in your pocket. So with the iPhone 4 release in mid-2010 and the release of Instagram in late 2010, I got on the platform uh, about a month or two after launch. I posted once and then I didn't post again for a month. Then I posted again a couple months later. And then I think it was early 2011 is when I really kickstarted photography as a hobby. That's what kind of slowly built my following over time. And being so new, Instagram was an easy kind of tool to use to gain an audience because no one had anybody to follow. It was a new platform. People were looking for things to look at like, comment, interact with. They were looking for people to follow. So what I ended up doing in 2011 was posting almost every day, if not twice a day. I looked for inspiration everywhere and anywhere. It was, if you look back far enough to 2011 on my Instagram page, you'll find pictures of my food. You'll find pictures of the landscapes that I drove on my daily commute. You'll see me at the office. You'll see people I was hanging out with. You'll just see basic day-to-day lifestyle photos that were shot in a a slightly more aesthetically pleasing way than the daily user of Instagram. And it's one of those things that back then it was so much easier just to make a well-composed, well-lit photo look better than the other person's photo. So you could easily gain followers over that time. That's how a lot of people gain their followers on Instagram. They just, they shot slightly better photos than the other person that gained their attention and pulled people in from that direction. So my following started to slowly build from there. I'd get 100 followers, 300 followers, 500 followers. I think I remember when I hit 1,000, maybe 1,500. And that was back when I used to take screenshots of whatever the profile looked like at the time. And it had the number, 1,000, 1,500, whatever it was. And it's funny to look back at it now, but now people look at it and they try to figure out how the program works, how the application works. It doesn't work any different than it did you know, 10 years ago, it works the exact same way. You post photos, you interact with people, you comment a bunch, you, you essentially just build your own small community around you. And those like-minded people will continue to push your work out or comment on your work. That work slowly gets fed to other people because they commented on it or because they liked it. The way the, the platform works, the way social media works is the more you put into it, the more you will get out of it. People always ask me, what's the secret to building a giant following on Instagram? And it's that simple fact. What you put into it, you're going to get out of it. If you're going to put a hard work and putting commenting and liking and following other people and sending them DMs and 
going out and meeting up with them to take photos um, on the weekends or at nights or sunset or sunrise, whatever it is, you're going to get that back. You're going to get that interaction back. You're going to get that collaboration. You're going to get that, you know, that community aspect of it. And to jump directly into the community aspect of social media and Instagram specifically, in 2011, I started to realize there are people just like me on the platform here in Indianapolis. They didn't have to be a professional designer or a photographer. They didn't have to work in the industry. They didn't have to understand how the technical aspects of photography work. They they were just everyday users of Instagram. They loved the platform. They loved to kind of get creative with whatever they were doing with their phones and take photos. And we shared them on Instagram. That's where we shared the photos. So over time, the 2011, 2012, I started to connect with and started to talk with more people on the platform. I started to comment more. We used to kind of have conversations within each other's photos. And we started to build this community that we had no idea about. And in 2013, we had the idea of starting doing Instameets. We um, hosted the very first Instameet in Indianapolis. I think it was uh, 2013, somewhere mid-2013, something like that. And we got the idea of just hosting an Instameet, doing our own thing where we all meet up from Instagram. We all like to take photos. We wanted to go out, take photos, just chat with each other, become a, a physical manifestation of a technological world and like going out and actually meeting people, talking to them, learning little techniques or little tips and tricks from how to shoot or how to do this. It was incredible. Those were the early days of Instagram. 2013 was a huge year for Instagram. It exploded. So it was right around 2013 when we founded IGers Indie. It was I-G-E-R-S-I-N-D-Y. So Instagrammers Indianapolis. It was a way that we started seeing bigger cities like New York, Chicago, San Francisco, um, international markets like Hong Kong were also doing the exact same thing. They were hosting these Instameets. They were creating these accounts that they could host community news or hosting other or like kind of posting other people's work to kind of share what's going on in the community. It was a tool for us to kind of share the highlights of Indianapolis, the town we all live in, the photos that we share. And it was also a way for us to share with the community when our Instameets were. I believe we hosted just over 40 Instameets over the last five or six years since we started the account. The thing was that it was such a buildup to that point that we were kind of slowly becoming you know, friends in 2011, 2012, 13. And then we decided to just make this account. I believe the account's up to 23,000 followers right now, which is a an incredible number of followers for such a small, you know, city like Indianapolis. It's obviously not as big as Chicago or New York, but it was a, it was a big deal for us to kind of start the idea of this and kind of have something for all of us to come to. And people still love commenting on those photos and they love the idea of having those Instameets and getting back to those and kind of seeing what everybody's up to. And it gave people just a, a one-stop shop to experience the city of Indianapolis and kind of connect with other creators like-minded here in the city. So within that two or three year time frame of me starting photography and starting Nigeria's Indie and meeting all these people at Minsta Meets and hosting these things and getting recognized uh, inside the small little photo community of Indianapolis, I had started to get noticed by other feature accounts. I started to get my work note, like, like seen by other places on Instagram. The biggest one was Instagram themselves. Instagram had this list called the suggested user list. It is no longer, but for a while it was the uh, who's who of photographers. It was the social media influencers on Instagram that Instagram saw this list as a way to highlight the power users of Instagram, essentially. What they were doing were they were 
highlighting or they were featuring accounts of people that they thought were interesting, they were unique, they were shooting and constantly posting, they were commenting, they were interacting with the community. And so you started to see a pattern of like different types of photography or types of people that were featured on the account. The funny thing about it was they would only feature maybe, I'd say like 30 to 50, maybe 100 people at a time and it would change every month. So you would only feature it for a few weeks at a time and then they would cut it off and then they would feature another 100 people or another 50 people. So they recognized that I was doing these things in the community. I was commenting a lot. I was posting photos every single day. And then the the suggested user list happened and like my account exploded. I thought it was a some weird, you know, phenomenon. I, I remember leaving work that day, uh, walking out to my car and I opened Instagram. I flipped the refresh down and I kind of see that Instagram followed me. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. They must follow, you know, 1.5 million other people. And I didn't think any of it. So I turned my phone off, threw it in the car and I drove home on my commute for 30 or 40 minutes on the drive home. I get home and I open my phone, check Instagram. And sure enough, I have, I think, 200 new followers, which was outrageous at the time. I'm like, where the heck did 200 followers come from in the last 30 minutes? And what happens on the suggested user list was you get added to the list. And this list is essentially when anyone ever downloads the app on Instagram uh, and you're a brand new user to Instagram, you are fed a list of people suggested to follow. And so my name showed up on that list as people that were just now on the platform. They had never opened Instagram. They were just now using it for the first time. And Instagram said, hey, these are the people we think are doing great things in the community. This was a way for Instagram to kind of say, here's who you should follow to get started on the platform. Sadly, this list is no longer around. They ended it a few years ago, leaving just a select few to kind of reap the benefits of such a list early on in the platform's history. Um, how many followers did I actually gain in the short amount of time I was on the featured list? Uh, I think I was right around 3,000 followers when I got featured the first time in 2014. Uh, it boosted me up about 20,000 followers, then again in 2016 with another boost of about 15,000 followers. Uh, you may ask, how did I gain the other 30,000? Uh, it was simply by doing the things that I've already mentioned, um, posting, sharing photos, inspiring others to kind of create or do um, things that are just simple, like just sharing photos on a personal level, giving that experience of life from my perspective. I didn't get into photography to become famous. I didn't get into social media to become famous. I didn't uh, get into photography or jump into Instagram to become an influencer. I got into it because I love to create. I love art. I love design, photography. And that passion was seen through what I shared in my life through imagery and story and simple you know, captions on the platform. Um, and then you comes down to the actual algorithm, the changes today. Uh, what do people think about the algorithm today? Um, it's a weird thing. A lot of people think the algorithm is this cursed thing that dropped their engagement down to damn near nothing and people are just furious about it. They, they don't know how to react to it. They think change is bad. I don't want change. Change is making my likes go down. They're making my engagement go down. People look way too far into the actual numbers of it all. Um, how did the actual platform change? Um, how do you adapt to it? Are pods still a thing? If you don't know what a pod is, they were essentially a way to quote, hack the system. I wrote an article about this on F-Stoppers um, when I was writing for them a couple years ago where I tested out Instagram pods where you get in a group with people that are, um, you know, have a decent following on Instagram and you essentially post every time you have a photo, you post in the group saying, hey, I posted a photo go check it out, go like it, go comment on it. 
um, and kind of that boosted the photo in a way that helped it get seen by more people. The only problem with that was it was seen as just a gimmicky way to boost posts. I didn't. I tested it out for a month for the article. I think I saw like an engagement push of maybe five, ten percent. Um, it the followers didn't go up. The likes went up just a little bit. Um, comments skyrocketed because the obvious reasons. I had people commenting on my photos, and then I wrote the article. It came out. A bunch of people asked me about what I thought about it. What did I think of the whole experience of doing it? I have not done it since. I just thought it was kind of an interesting way to kind of test out this whole theory that people had about the algorithm um, and how it kind of, you could kind of work your way into it and kind of uh, mess with the actual experience in a way that people thought it was a hack. Um, in the end, it was not any better. It was just a negative outlook on the actual industry. There were just photographers in these groups that were saying, uh, hey, you didn't post today, or you posted today, or I posted today, you didn't like it yet. Um, I don't know what you're doing. You need to go over there. It, it was just a, an incredibly toxic experience. If you can find a cool group of people um, that you already communicate with, the people in your community, the people in your city, that is a far better way to get more engagement or better engagement, rather, um, and way better than trying to this pod thing. I still think I still see it today. Two years later, people do it all the time. They ask me to join groups. I have absolutely no interest in it. I'm continuing down the path of just simply posting photos, sharing my experiences, um, maybe posting tips, tricks, um, showing my lifestyle the way I did when I started this platform, um, and got it on Instagram. It's just a, a way to share my life, share my story in a beautiful way through imagery, um, and it's an easy way to kind of give people context to uh, a creator's life, something behind the scenes of how I do things. Um, maybe it helps another person. I know that there have been a handful of you know younger photographers, creators that have sent me messages saying, thank you so much for this specific post. This helped me doing this. I just did a freelance gig because you posted about this or you showed your experience and how to work with a, a bigger brand, and this helped me work with this brand down the street. Thank you so much. And that stuff means far more to me than faking it with a bunch of people saying, hey, dope pick or incredible photo or whatever on the comments below because it was just a bullshit way to uh, get people to kind of boost your photo up higher so it ranked higher on Instagram's algorithm. I think it's just a, a total, it's no different than it was 10 years ago. It works the exact same way. You post photos, you post beautiful photos, my goal is always to, or my kind of experience, my tip for people is to just post a photo every single day for as long as you can, and then make every photo you post better than the one you posted before. So just continuously growing your craft and photography in creating and just getting better at it, whether it's your editing style, your workflow, um, getting into a type of photography, it's an incredible experience to kind of if you know that you are really good at architectural photography and you post a lot of photos of architectural photography, it's an easy way to kind of experiment posting 10 photos that are architectural based and then going through and posting two photos that are food related. If you want to get into food photography or if you want to get into concert photography, it's an easy, easy way to kind of experience or experiment with the platform and kind of show people um, your range. You're showing your experience because as an art director, somebody that works for an ad agency, I hire photographers out. I'm looking for 
creators that either have a very specific eye in a very specific realm, whether it's architectural or food or uh, portrait photography or commercial photography. And then um, I also look for range. I look for people that can do a bunch of different things so I can go back to them multiple times. If they're great to work with, they're nice, they're kind, they're easy to talk to, they're easy to work with on set. That's an incredibly powerful asset for creators to have nowadays. And it's something that a lot of people lose in the the world today. In 2019, a lot of kids are just after the idea that I can become an influencer, I can become a photographer that you know, post photos, they get 20,000 likes and I can just get brands to send me boatloads of gear and pay me tens of thousands of dollars to post about their brands and get away with all these different things. It doesn't mean anything. It's a pipe dream that a lot of people go after that is not realistic. It is not a long-term, you know, career path. So what are the things you can do to make a real impact to get your name, your small business or whatever it is you want to share out there to the masses? Just share, just post photos every single day. Just get good at what you want to be doing. Um, Networking is a huge thing. Get yourself out there. It's 2019. It's just as powerful as it was 30 years ago when computers and social media weren't a thing. Get away from the keyboard, but use tools like social media to get your contacts and connections. It's an incredibly easy way now to get seen by any company that you want to work with. Um, an easy way for me to push my engagement and interaction into a, a, a new subject or a, uh, to get my work seen by specific types of companies um, is simply by interacting with those types of companies. If you want to work with more restaurants and food photography, comment and like on companies in your area. Grow that side of your business or your portfolio through Instagram. If you post often about lifestyle-related content and portrait work, go after clothing brands, outdoor brands, both locally and nationally. As you have already heard me say, what you put into it, you will get back out of it. The way the algorithm works is it will push more eyes to your work as it sees you engaging with it. Because in the end, as a creator, I'm looking to a long-term goal. I'm wanting to get clients that have budgets to pay me to do what I love to do and appreciate my work. An incredible example of this is early in my career, I obviously, um, I didn't have the clientele. I didn't have the experience. So as a young student, as a young um, professional in this industry, it's incredibly hard just to jump straight in and just expect a client to think that you are good at what you do and you can provide, um, you know, the, the assets they need immediately and efficiently and under a budget that they actually have to stay within. So what I did early in my photography career about five or six years ago when I started, you know, charging clients for work is I got into product photography, shooting, um, you know, products for companies is an easy way to kind of get into photography without a bunch of different, you know, avenues to have to worry about. It's an easy kind of thing that I got into. I shot um, watches, I shot wine, I shot liquor, I shot um, lifestyle clothing, um, and it gave me an easy in to kind of work in the package idea. So I would work in like small, medium, and large packages for clients. I gave a small, medium, and a large dollar amount. I kind of based it off of a $25 to $50 an hour rate. Um, and then that kind of gave me a, a small little window to kind of show that this is my professionalism. I made little email templates. I'd copy and paste them. I'd make the first paragraph, you know, about that company, how I wanted to work with them, uh, what I could help them with. And then the itemized, you know, small, medium, large package thing was an, an incredibly powerful tool because a lot of brands 
Um, I'd send probably 20 to 30 emails out a week to different companies that I found on Instagram that were using social media, um, knowing that they needed that content to build out their social media, um, saying that I could provide 15 to 30 images is an easy sell because you can tell them, hey, I can provide you this many images. This will feed your social media feeds for the next two months. If you post those 30 photos every other day on your platform, easy 30 posts, 60 days, you have content for the next two months. Call me back in another couple months. We can do this over again. Here's my budget. Here's what I'm looking at. And um, the funny thing about doing free work, um, there was a company that I worked with um, that was kind of a, a, a slow startup. They made shoes. They were like a, a, a like a sister company of a larger conglomerate. And they were on Instagram. They didn't have a ton of photos. They didn't have great photos. I thought I could kind of help them in a way that gave them better content for Instagram. Um, so I asked them, hey, send me a free pair of boots. I'll shoot them. You let me know what you guys think of the photos. And I kind of just went crazy. I sent them like 20 photos of this one pair of boots, just different styles, different looks, different backgrounds, different textures. And I think I, I said, hey, here's 20 to 30 photos. Pick two or three of them. Post them on social. Use my name. You know, at mention me. Um, it was an easy transaction. Uh, I think it was about three to four months later, they called me back and said, hey, we're getting ready to shoot a fall line for our shoes. Um, funny enough, the the shoes they ended up sending me were men's size nine. If you don't know, that is a very small size for men. Uh, so the funny part of the story is I had to figure out, they sent me a giant like half coffin size box of size nine men boots, shoes, dress shoes, kind of casual shoes. And so I quickly took the giant box, threw in my trunk, opened the box up, kind of went through what kind of styles I wanted, what kind of photos I wanted to get, different kinds of shot lists. And I would drive around and get just the product shots on my commute to and from my day job. So I would shoot, um, you know, against grass or wooden fences on the, you know, backcountry roads of the hometown I lived in. Or if I drove through the city, I would stop, kind of shoot against like a more urban scene for the different types of shoes that they had. Um, and that ended up becoming like a funny way to kind of use product photography and like just kind of mold it into my everyday life and an easy way to kind of get content for this company. And then I had to figure out how to get a model that had size nine shoes. Um, thank you, Jack, for years ago doing these. Uh, it was a friend of my wife's. Uh, it came in and modeled for me and we did kind of some basic shoots in a, a park somewhere in the city. And, uh, then I ended up selling the company on, I think it was like $2,500. I kind of averaged out how much time I thought I was going to take. And it was a huge job. It was like, it was, yeah, somewhere around $2,000 to $2,500 for the first shoot for the, I think it was fall line. And then in spring, they came up with all new shoes. So they sent me another giant box of shoes that I ended up shooting for the spring line and ended up charging them about $3,500. Uh, then again in summer, they sent me another large box. So that was another, I think it was 35 or 3750 or something like that. Depending on the number of shoes, how many I thought I could shoot, if I could get a model, um, and then how long I thought it was going to take to edit the actual photos. Um, so that small boot company or shoe company that I offered to shoot one pair of shoes in exchange for photos, um, I still own those shoes. I still have them. Um, it's just kind of funny that just doing something like that, showing your quality of work in a quick, easy way that you think you can shoot, edit, kind of give them photos to kind of choose from, giving them an option, showing them your range 
is an incredibly powerful tool to go back to a brand and kind of give them the option. So, uh, it, so in the end, like, do you think Instagram is still a worthy social platform to grow an audience? Um, do I think using social media to find brands to work with, like the shoe company is an, like a, a good way, incredibly easy way. A lot of companies are using social media today across the board, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, they're going to need content, whether it's photo, whether it's video. Um, that was kind of an easy story to kind of tell you guys that showed the buildup of just reaching out to a brand, sending emails 20 to 30 times a week to different companies, different brands you wanted to work with in the focus that you wanted. If it's offering them free work or giving them a general size package option, it kind of gives them an idea that you are professional, that you have your shit together, you're way more than the, you know, influencer down the street that's going to shoot a selfie with the pair of shoes next to a car that has no context to it. They have no reason to kind of look at just a one-off photo of them in front of a car with a pair of boots. Um, you're giving them quality content over a longer period of time. I think I worked with that brand for about a year and a half until they finally hired an internal photographer, I think. Um, but it was an incredibly easy learning experience for me to kind of work with those brands. Um, but do I think it's worth you know, investing in Instagram still today as a, a creator, absolutely. But you have to be willing to put in the work just like anything else in life. You, um, you Whether you're a young creator or somebody that's already in the industry working full-time or part-time, I think social media is a tool. Once you learn that and understand that and kind of use it to your advantages and knowing the kind of tips and tricks you can kind of look for to kind of go more long-term with your kind of career goals, um, then you'll kind of understand social media as, you know, just another piece in the, you know, the camera bag or the toolkit that you already have. Um, I don't want people to get, you know, convoluted with the different things of just, all right, how do I use hashtags to push my engagement? How do I use, um, pods to kind of get me, you know, boosted above somebody else? Or how do I get, you know, 20,000 followers in the next six months? Just continue to do what you're already doing. Post photos consistently, consistently get better at what your craft is. Focus in on an area that you want to focus in on, whether it's food photography, whatever it is. Um, if it's something you want to get into and you're not necessarily doing it currently, slowly get into it. Do 10 photos that you're already used to. Do another photo um, that's you know outside of your realm or something that shows more range. And I think over time, this can kind of slowly build up just like it did for me. I've been in this for 10 years on the creative side and five years on the photography side. It's taken a long time. Yes, you can build a following on social media faster than you could have years ago. Um, it's easier for you to build a following. It's better. It's it's just one of those things you need to just slowly work at. It takes every single, like just one day at a time, one post at a time, just slowly working at it. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it. Uh, thank you guys for coming along to this episode of Just Outside the Artboard. Again, I hope to publish episodes weekly and eventually invite guests to tell their stories and help push this community forward in a more meaningful way. Be sure to follow along on Instagram and Twitter by simply searching Andrew Griswold. If you have questions, please send me a DM on Instagram. I'd love to answer those questions. Hopefully answer those on another podcast later, and I'll talk to you guys in the next one. All right.